Welcome, America, to the Blah Blah Show right here on your internet dial at blessed.news. I want to thank Jake Lang and all the Patriots and Biden's gulag. As the days tick by, rest assured, we're here for you. And whatever has been wrought upon you and your families, well, that will be coming back sevenfold as long as we're able to return the country back to a shred of normalcy. The normalcy it was before the Luciferian Lady Gaga sang at Biden's empty inauguration. And I believe that the day is coming at a rapid pace. I want to say a special hello to my buddy Joe Biggs, who, like the rest of the J6ers, is innocent of all of these totalitarian charges that should have never have been considered in a land that supposedly operates under the United States Constitution. But therein lies the problem, doesn't it? The United States is operating under the laws set forth in 1913 by the hand of Woodrow Wilson and the bankers that captured it when the Federal Reserve was born, setting these events in motion that have currently reached their zenith as the New World Order grew into the monstrosity it is today, threatening to overwhelm our life, liberty, and happiness with total control. My name is John Bowne. Some of you may recognize my voice as I have been writing, editing, and voicing reports for InfoWars for over 10 years. And of course, there is the slim outside possibility that friends and family recognize my voice from the years I spent as one of the last DJs in the country, spinning actual music and interviewing real musicians on my show called JB's Home Cooking from the 50,000 watts of power the tower in Georgetown, Kentucky, that reached into Tennessee, Ohio, and West Virginia. Now, those two experiences are at the heart of what the Blah Blah Show is. As I unfortunately witnessed from the front lines the death of American music, an industry culture that in the early 2000s died, and I reinvented myself into a reporter that had been awakened by Alex Jones, so it was only a matter of time before I fused the two together. So please join me and my co-host Frank Cavanaugh, where we will bring you a breakdown of the news you may or may not have missed and interviews with artists, musicians, filmmakers, and those refusing to give up on the creativity and freedom afforded to us in this country where invention and God is king. So what about that news? Well, it's been an insane month already. Here we are on Friday the 13th, 2023, and let's take a look back at October 2nd. United States Supreme Court rejected the challenge to block Trump from the 2024 ballot as Trump continues to fight off one attack after another. Also on October the 2nd, North Dakota State Senator Doug Larson uh, his wife and his two kids were mysteriously killed in a Utah plane crash. And also on the second, a massive human trafficking crackdown in Ohio took 160 predators off the streets. On October 3rd, a new Florida law allowing the death penalty for adults who raped children under 12 went into effect, and Kevin McCarthy was removed as Speaker of the House. You may all remember the ominous day of October the 4th where FEMA and the FCC conducted a nationwide emergency alert test on all cell phones, wireless devices, and televisions. Something that had a lot of eyeballs on it before it happened, and the test meekly went under the radar. 
Also on October the 4th, Russia tested their national warning system on the same day FEMA tested America's emergency alert system. On October the 5th, Putin announced that he and his allies are building a new world as U.S. warplanes shot down a Turkish drone over Syria, and the SEC sued Elon Musk to force him to testify in the agency's probe of a Twitter purchase. Also, Iraq banned all cash withdrawals in U.S. dollars. And on October 7th, coordinated terrorist attacks took place against Israel as Israeli intelligence mysteriously stood down. On October the 8th, Israel's security cabinet voted to invoke Article 40, an official declaration of war for the first time since the Yom Kippur War that happened 50 years ago. While the U.S. military planned to move U.S. Navy ships and U.S. military aircraft closer to Israel as a show of support. On October 9th, the Israeli minister ordered to immediately cut off the water supply from Israel to Gaza, while Robert F. Kennedy Jr. officially dropped out of the Democratic primary and declared himself an independent candidate for president. Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman stated that he would stand by the Palestinians. While having a hyper-tizzy, U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham suggested the United States start bombing Iran's oil reserves. Well, for every Israeli or American hostage executed uh, by Hamas, we should uh, take down an Iranian oil refinery. The only way you're going to keep this war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable. How much more death and destruction do we have to take from the Iranian regime? I am confident this was planned and funded by the Iranians. Hamas is a bunch of animals uh, who deserve to be treated like animals. So if I was Israel, I would go in on the ground. There is no truce to be had here. I would dismantle Hamas. This is the best opportunity Israel has to destroy Hamas. Take it to the Iranians. If you harm one American in Syria by using your Iranian militia against us in Syria, if you escalate the war by urging Hezbollah to attack Israel in the north, if Hamas kills one American and Israeli hostage, we're going to blow up your oil refineries and put you out of business. Sorry, the, the information is just flowing in as I speak to you. The Iran foreign ministry has said any foolish Israeli action against Iran will be met with a devastating response. We're already facing a war between Gaza and Israel, and now we're getting threats like that. Your response? Well, the Americans or American officials have been threatening Iran as well. And I think that the Americans know quite well that they've already bitten off more than they can chew. And Palestine President Mahmoud Abbas announced plans to visit Russia and meet with Putin. Also, Joe Biden was interviewed by special counsel Robert Hur as a part of the classified documents probe. And the Times of Israel reported that Egypt intelligence officials said Israel ignored repeated warnings of something big three days before the attack by Hamas. That was on October the 9th. On October the 10th, the blackouts began in Gaza. Russia suggested they may join the Israeli-Hamas war. Putin said that the Israel-Gaza conflict shows failure of U.S. Middle East policy, while Israeli propaganda networks got caught spreading multiple fake stories about the war, and Turkish President Erdogan accused the United States of planning to carry out massacres in Gaza by sending aircraft carrier groups to Israel. Now, October 11th was on a Wednesday. 
The attacks in Israel were on a Saturday, and after days of barely being present during this entire world-shaking event, Joe Biden, who over the weekend had enjoyed a barbecue with live music in a private party and called a lid on Monday and barely spoke on Tuesday, made a rambling speech where he yelled at the camera and claimed that he had seen photos of the beheaded babies in Israel, which was quickly walked back by his staff. And I think uh, all administrations tend to do that. I remember the first Gulf War, we heard all this about babies being killed in Kuwait and the like. That wasn't the reason we went to Kuwait, but it was sort of icing on the cake to deal with public opinion, I think. Why well, I took my kids Everyone, when they turned 14 years old, one at a time, put them on a plane and took them to Dachau. I wanted them to see that you could not not know what was going on walking through those gates. You could not fail to understand as a country what was going on. And that's a fact. It had a profound impact on my children and my grandchildren. Some thought taking a 14-year-old grandchild and not make sake, but I took them one at a time. I've been doing this a long time. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. I never thought I'd ever... Anyway, I... Uh... But there are countries in the region are trying to be of some help. And in fact, we've seen this White House having to walk back some of that language. The president was uh, falsely, we should point out, uh, characterizing that he had seen images of children and babies that had been beheaded. Well, in fact, the uh, national security aide, in fact, said that that is not the case. The president had had actually not seen those images, but you had uh, heard him using the language that we just heard uh, the Israeli prime minister using just a few moments ago. As the fog of war swept over the world, gun charges were quietly dropped on Hunter Biden. On October the 12th, Biden strangely added that all Americans trapped in Israel would need to sign promissory notes in order to reimburse the United States government if they were to be rescued. This after we've given well over $113 billion to Ukraine. Of course, the pressure is eased on the globalists as a result of their shiny new war in the Middle East. In Austin, Texas, where I live, we are on high alert as the second week of the Austin City Limits Festival is underway after the targeting of a music festival that kicked off the Hamas attack on Israel. And as expected, the evidence of Israel having zero warning of the attack by Hamas has become completely debunked and no one knows what to do with that information. After the break, I'll be speaking with my co-host Frank Kavanaugh right here on The Blah Blah Show. Stay tuned.
And I think uh, all administrations tend to do that. I remember the first Gulf War, we heard all this about babies being killed in Kuwait and the like. That wasn't the reason we went to Kuwait, but it was sort of icing on the cake to deal with public opinion, I think. And I think uh, all administrations tend to do that. I remember the first Gulf War, we heard all this about babies being killed in Kuwait and the like. That wasn't the reason we went to Kuwait. But it was sort of icing on the cake to deal with public opinion, I think. Okay, welcome back to the Blah Blah Show. I'm here with Frank Cavanaugh, my host for the infinite future. And Frank is, as probably a lot of people know, he is a musician. He will tell us all about that uh, shortly. But uh, Frank is a musician. But he's also a farmer, a father, an American patriot, an award show producer. And uh, Frank, thanks for being with us here on the Blah Blah Show, which is uh, your uh, home base as well. Hey, John, how are you? Thanks I'm for having good. me, bro. I'm doing good. I'm doing cool. good. Cool. Uh, I, in this section of the show, I really want to go through the news of the day. It is today. It's the 12th. This is airing later, but it is the 12th today, and it has been a crazy month already. It's only been 12 days of October. We're looking at the possibility of a Friday the 13th Hezbollah terrorist situation. So when this airs, uh, we may be in the throes of that. But leading up to that, we had Joe Biden, who in his ultimate stupidity, has shown that he could quite possibly be the worst, not just president of the United States, not just uh, historically uh, a uh, man upon the stage, a man in the arena that has completely failed. Joe Biden is being seen now as a historical parallel to Nero. He's playing the violin, which uh, at least Nero could play a violin. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden had a barbecue over the weekend. While while Israel and Gaza is burning, Joe Biden had a barbecue over the weekend with his closest friends. Uh, apparently a live band was there as well. So... Hamas goes into Israel and starts murdering people and taking hostages, goes into that uh, that peace festival, music festival, that uh, at this point I'm not sure whether or not that was moved, but apparently there's a rumor that the festival itself was moved uh, 48 hours before the everything occurred, uh, which could add to the fact that the security stood down, that... Uh, Netanyahu, who we also have uh, recordings of Netanyahu basically laying out this plan to his family and friends long before all this happened. And he himself, Netanyahu, is in the middle of a big uh, corruption uh, hearing, and uh, this takes away from that. It also takes away from Biden's corruption as well. It takes away from Hunter Biden, uh, his gun charge, which is apparently has been apparently been thrown out. Uh, so this is great timing, and also uh, the Ukraine money grab, the Ukraine uh, money wash, is no longer going to uh, 
it, it can't go on forever. We're $33 trillion in debt here in the United States. Uh, inflation is off the charts. People are paying double, triple for uh, food. Um, it's, uh, it's, the situation couldn't be any worse, and it happened at a hyper level when Joe Biden uh, took office. So here we are. It's the 12th of October. We are waiting to see if Israeli forces are going to be going ground level. They've been doing knock knocks on the buildings and taking buildings down in Gaza. And they have also, uh, of course, not opened up either outway into Egypt for the uh, Gaza people or to the north for the Gaza people to get out. Uh, they're trapped uh, like sardines in there, and they're being bombed, and they're and children are being killed. And Biden, as of today, according to the Gateway Pundit, is asking American citizens in Israel that are trapped to sign a promissory note in order to pay the United States government back in order to save their lives, which I don't even think, uh, I I guess it's legal. It's one of those things that uh, lawyers get away with, but um, it's immoral. It's unpatriotic. We just dropped another 300 million, 330 million on uh, Ukraine. Uh, That's pushing the total up to 114 billion that we've given, given to Ukraine. And he's having Americans sign promissory notes to get out of a situation that he may have actually created. What do you think? That they that? did create. That that the the Biden administration is funding both sides of this conflict. They gave six billion dollars to Iran like two months ago and or something. Like one party got eight billion, one got six, whatever. You know. They're and then they fund it. They allow it to happen, just like 9-11. They have all these in place, all this prop, this this atrocity propaganda with babies getting their heads cut off and women getting raped. People definitely got killed. That's for sure. People got killed. But it gives the Israelis an excuse now to go in and completely obliterate the Gaza Strip. And, John, we were raised at the same time. We are born around the same time. I remember Gaza Strip was like tents. And now the Gaza Strip, you know, they have 10, 12, 15 story apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. They're they're actually trying to move forward. They've actually recognized Israel. Israel says that pa- the Palestine has no right to exist. So the shoes flipped and we can see that the worm has turned on the whole America supporting Israel. Really God bless all the people involved. These are two non-Christian countries that have a different mindset, an eye for an eye. Yeah. And that that's what makes the difference between us. And they've imported already millions upon millions of, of military-aged men, Hispanics and jihadists that are already working in cahoots. The Hamas is already working with the cartels, and they're going to bring it here. 
and yep. and so that they then have a more of an excuse to clamp down on us. And all of this is distracting us from. I mean, it's very hard to be distracted away from how atrocious Joe Biden is as a president, you know, you, because it's just so blaringly obvious and Fetterman, you know, and 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 they're basically everything that they do. They blame on us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And say yep. we're doing it. Yep. So Speak, speaking of Fetterman, uh, I'm just going to roll this clip here of Fetterman on uh, one of these awful talk shows. Uh, and uh, get your reaction here. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe, like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the, the government here. It's, it's, it's actually scary. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to watch. Yeah. So he ended up making a joke of himself. Yeah. Uh, as Biden has done, as this entire administration has done. Uh, and they they're making a joke out of the American people. And, and we're we're tired of it. We're really tired of it. It, it, it. You know, John, it's like a humiliation ritual now where they're like they're putting our faces in it and. And they're trying to goad us and poke us into a reaction where we freak out. And it's very easy because we have we have every right to be unbelievably upset with what's happening to our country right now. But this gives us the opportunity to repossess the levers of our government. If we have from the top down massive corruption, the only way that we can fix it is from the bottom up and getting involved with the precinct strategies in your local county, yeah. joining the precinct, knowing who your local political is, knowing your sheriff, at least knowing who your precinct chair is, is one step that everyone needs to do. Because the reason this country is in the straits that it's in is because we've delegated governance away to people. And we basically, we've delegated rule to these regulatory agencies, these the FBI through the Social Security Administration, where you have decades long bureaucrats that are just waiting for this president or the next president, it doesn't matter, that are writing the rules and regulations. It's quasi legal is what's happening in the United States. And the only way we can take it back is we have to fulfill our destiny that the forefathers gave us to be involved in government. You can no longer sit there and complain about it if you're not actually getting involved in it, the, the solution is there. It's just a repossession, not a revolution. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's amazing that we have to repossess our own country, but we are going to have to do that. And after the break, I'm going to talk to Frank as a guest from now on, Frank will join me on blah, blah show. And we will have a guest every week, but I wanted my first guest to be Frank Cavanaugh who's led a very interesting life. So after this break, we'll be speaking with Frank Cavanaugh.
Okay, welcome back to the Blah Blah Show. I am joined by Frank Cavanaugh, who is also my co-host, but I have chosen to interview him today so people know who Frank is. Thanks again, Frank, for letting us know what your life was like, because we're about to, uh, it's like, uh, this was your life. You remember that old TV show? Oh, yeah. That's, that's what's great is uh, we're basically born like right at the same time, like Generation X, man. Totally. Um, I was uh, I was fortunate enough in the in the the late nineties to have an art gallery in Cleveland, and uh, when I was in my early twenties, and through that art gallery, I met members of Nine Inch Nails, and one of them, Richard Patrick, quit Nine Inch Nails and started a band called Filter, and uh, I was basically he would he would come hang out at my art gallery because he couldn't hang out in bars in Cleveland because people would mess with him so much. That's a whole other funny story I'll tell one day about how I actually met him, but. I was fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time, and I was very in a very successful recording, um, you know, recording artist on signed to Warner Brothers Reprise. We were in the Hollywood machine basically around the turn of the century. Hey man, hey man, nice shot, and uh, take a picture of our two number one hits that we did. Sold about four million records when I was in it. The band's still going. Um, the band broke up for a while because the singer was such a drug addict and alcoholic and we had an intervention on him. Right. Isn't that what take a picture is really about? It's about him in the throes of, uh, which turned out to be the biggest selling song or was, was Hey man, nice shot. The, the biggest seller, you know, I don't, I don't follow that stuff right, really. Right, right. So I don't know. Like but that I, was like, a big song. Take it, take a picture. It, was a big song in it. And it, it's, uh, uh, first time I heard it, uh, I just kind of, it, to me, it sound, it reminded me of summers in the nineties. It reminded me of kind of like, uh, uh, stone temple pilots plush, you know, that's that whole kind of our generation and, and that whole kind of, uh, I don't know, spring break kind of feel like, uh, you just kind of, everyone gets together and parties and I mean, it, 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 in the nineties, it, it, we, we didn't even know how good we had it back then really. It was like before all this stuff hit, all the catastrophes hit. Like, uh, and Scott Whalen was uh, he grew he grew up here and went to Kenston right by where I live. Um, was a good friend of mine, and there really was a we didn't we had no cares and we really didn't. No, I didn't. And, I didn't know that about Scott. And and Scott uh, was actually very much into the whole alternative media world. He was. Uh, Oh yeah, he right, was a, right. he was an inf- he was an info warrior for yeah. sure. We would talk about this stuff all the time. The weirdest thing is that when I was playing music, of course I was a democrat because that's what everybody was. Is you didn't want to be with George Bush, you know, it was uh Bush senior then Bush junior and we really couldn't see, you know, that 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 Clinton was a globalist too. I didn't see it at the time. I knew that there was you know, these these people that ruled everything. I read the New World Order when it came out, like 1991, Behold, Behold the Pale Horse by William Cooper. Yeah. Like, you know, in 89, 90 or some great stuff. Yeah. Like, and so, like, for, and I was actually friends with Greg Reese back then. That's where I met Greg when we were in high school, high school age. We like, we were in the same, we ran around with the same people. It's a small, that, small world. It, and uh, the thing that connected us is we were searching for the truth, basically, or just basically any hidden knowledge, just any kind of knowledge, like cool stuff. Yeah. You know, we could 
we could like wow the girls with or something like, oh, wow. And uh, but I saw how people in music got ripped off, how the artists got ripped off, how people that never even played music were the ones who were making didn't even know how to play an instrument were the ones making all this money off of it. And when Filter went on hiatus, I was like, I was in my 30s. Um, my brother was in the military. My whole family was in the military. And I was like, six months before my 35th birthday, I was like, I'm going to join the military and go in the JAG Corps and get experience in the legal field um, so that when I get out of the Army, I can have that legal experience to help younger artists not get ripped off. So I like uh, joined the army, was deployed to Iraq, the combat support hospital, um, and got experience in the law. And since then, I uh, basically was like, knew what was happening with the world and was resigned that humanity was stupid and they were asleep and there was no way you could ever wake them up. This is how God works in, in strange ways. I totally turned my back on Hollywood for the shallow plastic trench that it is, as Hunter S. Thompson calls it, and was like, I'm going to live a, a good life where I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. But people would always come in back into my life from the filter world. Hey, this is what's going on. That's what's going on. And I had an official break with filter in 2012 with Coney 2012 because I was like, this is BS. But when Alex Jones and Gavin McInnes – and all those folks got banned like two or three weeks later, my old band filter was on tour. They were playing in El Paso and their whole shtick was against Trump. And they had violent Trump videos that were the introduction of their show and their t-shirts yeah. were like Trump with a, like a bullet hole in his head or some nonsense. Yeah. The guy who owned the club, his son was running the club. The guy who owned it came in at like lunch or something. He was a vet from like the Korea war era. He saw what was happening it was like, absolutely not. These guys are not playing in my club, and he canceled the show. So the next week, Spin, Blabbermouth, U.S. News and World Report, all the globalist publications were like, conservatives are censoring artists, and they're censoring liberals and Democrats. And they were using my old band as the smokescreen gaslight to take everyone's attention off of InfoWars and Gavin McInnes and saying, no, we're not doing it to conservatives. The conservatives are doing it to us. The classic old, you know, they've done it time after time yeah, after time. Yeah. And this is how God works, like calls you and makes you come out to fight for him. Because I was like, I don't want anything to do with it. And people start blowing my phone up, you know. And this is Greg being a Greg Reese being a friend of mine. He had like started working at Infowars like a year before. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. You know, I was like, hey, dude, check this out. And Rich Patrick had put out, the singer from Filter had put out a three paragraph statement. I basically rewrote it and was like, hey, you think I could put this out? You know, maybe get it published on Infowars. And Greg, Greg was like, come on the Alex Jones show when Owen was hosting. And that began, then Owen asked me to come on the show regularly for like, we had like a three and a half year run where I would go on Owen's show all the time. And I'm like a reluctant podcaster, but because God did that and brought me back out, I was then like complaining about award shows and the media and the industry. And I know the whole inside baseball and I know the players, you know, I partied with these people. Most award shows are just, uh, you know, pat on the back by the industry. 
just basically uh, ego fest silliness um, of people that really haven't contributed much to our society or our culture, but but they are at these award shows. They are given the uh, benefit of all coming together as a community. We all complain about stuff, and it makes us feel good. And we think that we're doing something. We get on Twitter and we do we we write a witty post and it makes us feel good. We even put out a, a podcast or a report and it makes us feel good. The reports and the podcasts matter. Putting stuff on Twitter, complaining about stuff, it doesn't really matter. It makes you feel good and it makes you think that you're doing something. So I was complaining on Twitter about the award shows and I was like, they really need to make an award show for the conservatives. Someone needs to make an award show for the alternative news community. And that was me. I was like, I'm someone. you listening to me. You are someone. You are they. Who is they? We are they. This is we the people. So I made an award show. It came out of Alex Stein and uh, Owen Schroyer had like a Summerfest gathering and they they – they asked like all these people that were on band.video to come to, to Austin and hang out two years ago. I went there. I had this idea for a war show. I hung out with Scott Armstrong and Matt Baker, who are two podcasters on, you know, great guys on band.video and Rob Dew. And we're hanging out at his house and I was explaining to them what I wanted to do. And that's where the I came idea came together. Like, let's do it. Like, let's do it. And um, just do it. it. Just it kind of died. It kind of actually died for like six months. And then I was like, I have to do this. So I like made it happen and went and like, like made a company and said, okay, you know, this is a legit thing. And the, the, the first gathering of the community made the award show. The award show really is us not retreating anymore. We're not, we always relinquish the battlefield. We win. We will always win because our, we are armored with God and our spears are the truth. And you can the, the, the truth you cannot stop. So we always win. But then we, we relinquish the battlefield and we give it back to the globalist leftists. And the award show was saying, nope, we're not relinquishing this battlefield. This culture war, we have won. We have made strides. We have gotten this far. And this is a documentation and acknowledgement of the people that have done that. And in the meantime, we all get to gather together and meet. And who knows the, the, the projects and relationships that will happen over the next year because of the, what just happened in well, August and, with and, the American And what's Rupert. happening right now as we speak, we're on blessed news. Uh, God has put that, you know, in, in our in our sights and in our future and and we are blessed to be a part of this network and this network is completely fueled by god's power and uh, i want to thank jake for uh having us on the network and uh, after the break we will be talking to frank about his life as a farmer we'll be talking about sustainable farming and anything else regarding the future of this show and the future of this country. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Blah Blah Show. I'm John Bowne, your host, and my co-host Frank Cavanaugh is joining me as the guest for this episode of the Blah Blah Show. And we were talking about community and how that uh, community must be sustained in our American culture and our American future so that America does have something to draw from, uh, that community. And right here on the Blessed News Network, which is a community in itself, Frank's going to talk a little bit about that community, Frank, you were, you were saying. We, you know, the, the, the award show, the American Liberty Awards happened because of community, because we all got together. Then we had an even bigger gathering. And I'm really excited to see, you know, you and I talked about doing this there. Like, and, and I know, already know about a whole bunch of other projects that are happening because of that. And everyone listening to me can mirror that in their own life. The thing that the thing that is truly American is necessity is the mother of all invention. And if you look at Americans during any time there's a crisis in America, Americans step up to the plate. World War Two stepped up to the plate. Now is the time to step up the plate. Yeah, and this is my grandpa's flag from World War Two sitting right behind me here. Nice. Yeah. And it's almost like the, the guys in World War Two, the greatest generations were so badass. They spoiled their kids who are now in control, who won't relinquish control. And it skipped a generation, basically, like the badass was in World War Two. And now the badass has been has been born again with this new generation, us. And it skipped our parents because they had it so good. So what did I do out of necessity? I started a market garden and grow an abundance of vegetables to give to my friends and family. Basically, I sell very little of it. It's all just to give out to people. And what I have in abundance, my neighbor grows something else in abundance and we trade. The system is there because of the necessity that they're poisoning us. The necessity now in the system is they've taken sports. They've taken media, movies, music. We have to take it back. And patriots are stepping up to do that. And instead of sports being the most popular spectator sport, politics has now become the spectator sport where everyone is looking at politics, involved in politics. If you look at what's going on with the speaker right now and you, you have National File, No Fritz and, and Patrick Howley and Gateway Pundit with Alicia Powell going there and getting in the faces of the representatives – that's what needs to happen every single day. We don't have to wait for an election. We need to just step up and, and be like, I'm here electing to be involved and calling my congressman. That's the first thing. Yeah, you'd, second, be, you'd be really surprised how much you can change the future of this country for the better if you do step up like those people are. Yeah, and, and, and you don't have to go to Washington, D.C. to do it. You can do it in your county. By going on the computer right now, while you're listening to me, look up central committee, executive committee, you know, uh, GOP in your county, and there will be the central committee. Put in your address. There will be a place where you can search and find out whether that precinct is occupied. Then you can go and meet that person and and be involved in your local po politics or more than likely 50 percent of all the seats, both Republican and Democrat, are empty. You just write a letter to the chairman and say, I want to be nominated, and you're in there. You're in there, and it, you don't, the central committees like are only required to meet every quarter, four times a year. So don't tell me you don't have the time. 
You got the time to play a video game or get drunk with your friends on Friday. You, you got the time to spend one Saturday morning and be at the central committee because the central committees are the people who decide who gets the money to run in the primaries. And the primaries are really the elections that we need to win. Right now is the most important time to support people that are America first. When I, I was a Ron Paul delegate and I never, I'm so happy and elated at how many people have woken up. And I look at, I look at the world right now as the worse it gets, the better I feel. Because all of this has to come to pass in order for us to get better. And America is sick and America needs to puke. That's what needs to happen. And right now they're sticking their tyranny down our throat and they're making us puke. And I say, bring it on. Let's get this poison out of us. Let's repossess our government. Nothing violent, no revolution, no insurgency and puke this poison out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Repossess it and puke the poison out. And it has to come to an end game. I think this entire system that they've created that's been around since, well, way before 1913, but it's been in the throes of hyper uh, culpability since 1913. But the thing is, if you take the uh, million foot view and look down on it, it, it makes no sense. And the reason I say that is because in the past, and where these people are coming from, these a lot of these people that are running this uh, New World Order uh, takeover of the planet, are in their twilight years. And they come from a period in our history where there was no internet, where things were written in those books that you mentioned earlier, and only a few people read those. Now, Generation Z is making memes about Schwab, is making memes about the New World Order, about Hillary Clinton's body count. They're not smart at all. They're arrogant. They have incredible hubris. They have all the money in the world because they make the money, but they can't grow the food they're eating. They have all the, the money in the world to fix their car to get from here to there, but they don't know how to fix their car. Right. You know, they have... They, they have all the money in the world to bribe politicians and bribe their way through life, but they're horrible politicians. Right. And the thing is, is that this is, and let it reawaken America and the world with a spirit of liberty. There will be a globalism, but it won't be a globalism of the corporations. It'll be a globalism of the people. This is not a bad thing that's happening today in the world. This is a golden opportunity to quote one of the most famous quotes in our movement, never let a crisis, a good crisis, go to waste. They're creating this crisis. We need to own it and understand that you watch the Israeli, what is happening in Israel, their false flag propaganda didn't even last a week. No, and we're it, all didn't like, make it, it. And, and Biden, didn't make it. Yeah, and, and Biden's uh, propaganda was a joke. I mean, it's uh, it, they're, it, they're apologizing now for the whole baby beheading hoax. And, and Biden went with the whole thing. And, and to me, that is the, he crossed the Rubicon of, of his career of lies. But I, I want to uh, kind of shift over now because we're almost out of time to sustainable farming. 
and that's something that you're very familiar with. And I wanted to uh, say hello to my friends at uh, Fafo Farms. You can figure out what that means. Uh, you can find them in, if you're in Texas. You can find them at FafoFarmsTX.com, FafoFarmsTX.com. And they use the uh, Joel Salatin methodology, which is dedicated to promoting sustainable agriculture. And uh, uh, they're amazing. Uh, it's a spiritual feeling when you're able to pull something out of the ground and and feed your friends and family and neighbors and uh, and know that uh, you don't have to rely on the system to survive as a human being. You know, your generation, your ancestors, 20 generations back, grew their own food and knew how to do it and knew how to fix things. And when you get back to that, it's like your genetic memory is re- reawakened. And it... it, it it's a spiritual awakening, really. There's nothing better than growing something, picking it, cooking it, eating it. You did everything. I mean, the satisfaction and it just tastes better. But here's the thing. Out of necessity, what's going to happen? To, what What are they going to do? What they're doing in Israel, they're going to do here in the United States. So be ready for it. Don't be scared of it. Don't be afraid of it. Know that it's just coming. Just be ready. And be ready. And what we need to be as Americans is we need to be like the Boy Scouts, be prepared. But you have to be resilient and you have to be elastic. And how do you do that? You, the systems, they're trying to push down our throats. They're trying to tighter they, the tighter they squeeze their grip, the more slip through. That's what's actually happening. And they've out of necessity created all these other systems. You are armed, armed with knowledge identify the people in your community that are the same as you and partake in that and make the globalists irrelevant. There's far more of us than there are of them. And we have the power. If you look at Dylan Mulvaney and that whole thing, nobody organized that. No protests were, no buildings were burnt down. No campaign was launched. There was no PR, anything. It just happened. And that's how that's just just like your friends started a farm in a year. That's how quickly things will and should happen. That's how humanity is. And it's just up to you to make a decision that you're not going to sit on your ass anymore, that you're going to get up and actually be involved in your own life and take ownership. Everybody wants to be an owner. Everyone wants to be a badass. So own the bad, make the bad right, fix it. And then you're an owner and be unafraid. Be unafraid because you will get a hundred times back the reward for everything that you put into it. And even the guys that are sitting in jail right now, they will be rewarded a hundred times more. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. And with that, Frank, I'm going to end the show here at uh, Blah Blah Show on Blessed.News. You can find it at Blessed.News, and it's the Blessed News Network. And uh, we thank you all for watching and listening, and we will see you next weekend. Have a blessed week. God bless everybody.